like Bitcoin's just a, a big sewing machine that never stops, right? If every stitch is a block on the chain, well, there's however many transactions inside each block, which would be inside each stitch, right? So every little every little weave of the thread that you're stitching, there's an opportunity to put a little bit of information in there. And to your point, right, Bitcoin doesn't care. It's just going to keep stitching all of this stuff together as the network does. Right. Today is Saturday, February 4th. It is 1.45 p.m. It's a little later than we typically jump on here, Griff, but I'm excited to be hopping on for another Satoshi Saturdays. But man, how's your week been? It has been somewhat of a grind. It's been good. Uh, just keep on churning along. How's yours, brother? Man, it's been really good. Had some really good meetings with good people. Griff, what are some of these topics here that you've got prepared for us? Shoot, when it just comes to the last week since the last Satoshi Saturday, whether it's ordinals on Bitcoin, whether it's Kathy Wood and speculative investors still talking about Bitcoin, like, oh, in 2030, the price of it in dollars will still matter. Um, the Fed obviously <laughs> hiked rates. MicroStrategy announced a MicroStrategy Lightning. They're going to continue to obviously offer Lightning solutions and ways to give rewards and help people get into self-custody and things like that. Charlie Munger continues to shake his stick at Bitcoin. And <laughs> at the same time he shakes his stick, the White House kind of retracts its like negative statements. Um, and it kind of releases like a digital asset friendly press release. Uh, and then the first FDIC insured bank in the United States is preparing to offer Bitcoin custody, um, which will be super interesting. But yeah, the first one. Ordinals, NFTs, inscriptions, as far as I understand, they had become capable uh, on Bitcoin's layer one when Taproot became a thing. Nobody had really utilized it, so to speak, not not in any kind of major way. All of a sudden, there's these ETH rocks that are being mined and put onto the Bitcoin blockchain. And now there's all kinds of JPEGs on the Bitcoin blockchain. Bitcoin keeps moving. Uh, Nick, do you have any thoughts on the ordinals? Anything that you want to substantiate here? Do, they, do you know enough or care enough about it to throw down? Um, I don't know, man. It is it is kind of an interesting situation, and I know there's been a lot of talk about it, but um, I guess we'll kind of see. I think it would be interesting to see what this kind of fleshes out to be over the next couple of weeks and, and maybe next couple of months, because this might be something very easily that, hey, this is just super high time preference uh, super caught up in the weeds and something small like this. But I feel like something like this could also be like not a huge issue uh, six months down the line because people are like, yeah, why Why am I actually trying to hash my NFT into the freaking network? Yeah, the best thing I had seen, the best comparison I said it to you was, you know, there's an ocean out there. And if you're the asshole that like literally throws your trash in the ocean, it's like, okay, you're an asshole. Like you're throwing your trash in the ocean. I don't know if that's going to really be all that profitable moving forward. I don't really know if like pictures of rocks are going to sell for a lot of Bitcoin for a long period of time. I mean, it's also it, a lot of that stuff is, is speculative, but the cool thing about Bitcoin is that there would have to be a lot more momentum in regards to protocol change for there to really be any threat to a protocol change or like some sort of node vote to go on. Um, and it doesn't even seem like we've reached that level, which is the cool thing about Bitcoin, because in a free market, it should be harder to change things um, just because it's hard to get public consensus. And you could read things by developers, miners, yeah. node operators. They're all separated on this topic. Uh, and at the end of the day, Bitcoin is a protocol that doesn't care. So God bless. We just keep it pushing. But yeah. 
speculative talk, Charlie Munger, Kathy Wood, Ray Dalio, they were obviously in the news this week. They all have what's funny. Let's just put it this way. It doesn't matter who it is, whether you're they're bullish or bearish or they think it's a pet rock. Uh, they have developing thesis on Bitcoin. They're thinking about it. And I think that just shows you enough to know this. Like they probably already bought it. They're probably just lying to you and telling you that they're not doing anything with it. Uh, but Kathy Wood was talking about like, yeah, projections for Bitcoin. You know, she was back in the news talking about Bitcoin's going to be worth a lot, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, this is in response to the fact that we just had a fantastic February in markets, although rate hikes uh, are still occurring. And it's 4.75% now is the federal rate after they hiked it, obviously, this week. Um, I don't know. It just, uh, as, as Nick and I like both feel, it, I feel it's like it just shows that they, there's a lot of inflation still in the market and there's a lot of people with capital still. Um, unemployment is down. We're obviously still recovering from COVID. So there's just a lot of economic things happening. And I think basically anybody that tells you what they know is going to happen next is the liar. Because the last time for reference from an investment standpoint, uh, that there was like a rally after a recession was in 2007 or 2008, I believe they were rate hiking and the same thing happened. And then, well, guess what? It went down 50%. The S&P went down 50% after it's a little, you know, little like, Oh, hopium and zinc right back down um, because I think a lot of people think the Fed's bluffing. I think they think that they can't either rate hike more or they can't sustain these rates for a long period of time. So it would be better to wait for assets to go up to astronomical numbers than to obviously sell your assets and hold cash or treasuries or anything for that matter of fact uh, or European future dollar futures. None of these things uh, on like a macro basis um, from a traditional investment standpoint would suggest that we're at all out of some type of recession or potential collapse. Actually, there's a lot of things that would still state we're right there. Um, January was just different. Griff, you know, it's an interesting thing here. And maybe I can just I'll just share my screen for those of you people that are watching. If you're not watching, we do have video on Spotify and on YouTube. So you can watch me here now. Look at this. This is from uh, the the Fred website. Everybody's familiar with this, hopefully. Uh, economic data. This is uh, St. Louis Fed Bank. Uh, look at these unemployment rates. This goes back to 1948, it looks like this chart does. Okay, currently, unemployment is sitting at 3.4%. You don't reach those numbers until, you know, 2020, February 2020, is so three years ago this month is 3.5 but we don't reach those levels again until may, maybe you get close in 2000 not even close there let's see you get close in it's like the late 60s it's the late 1960s that you actually reach this unemployment level that we're at right now today that's kind of interesting huh i mean in uh in lieu of this recession that we're all talking about and and experiencing, I don't know about you, Griff, but I'm experiencing part of a slowdown. You know, I wouldn't call it necessarily a, re a recession, but a, a slowdown for sure. And unemployment is at, you know, lows since maybe potentially the late 60s. What do you think about that? I think unemployment is a, unemployment is a metric that what's the point in caring about it, to be quite honest, from two standpoints. One, we were just in COVID, so of course... Now everybody's coming back and trying to get a job and entering the market. But at the same time, if you live in the real world, you understand that, okay, even if you're looking for jobs, 
even if you get these jobs, over 50% of the money you make is going towards your mortgage or more or your rent or whatever it is. So there are things that, in my opinion, even totally for the employed, not. life's been challenging. And on this podcast, we definitely don't mince words. Inflation is not transitory. Okay, there is no such thing as a soft landing. Inflation is the debasement and warfare on the middle class. It has always been a warfare on the middle class. Um, and that's not changing. It doesn't matter who the president is. doesn't matter who seems to be in the Senate. doesn't matter who seems to be running the Fed. Uh, inflation comes for all. And eggs are still $9. And they're changing the CPI metric at the end of this month. So not really sure what we're supposed to do about it. But I'm not going to get fooled by um anything that they're saying uh i'm just going to keep stacking stats and keep it pushing but as we say that microstrategy is releasing their like their basis for what their lightning solutions could be and so essentially their goal is to create a netscape of sorts or an internet browser of sorts that provides non-custodial lightning solutions for 100 million users so broad goal like the goal like what michael saylor's doing he's backing up what he talks about non-custodial lightning browser Sounds wonderful. Sounds like they could build it on Noster. Sounds like maybe it competes with Noster. Who knows? There is a revolution occurring on the internet. Even if you're not a computer science guy, you can see that there are a lot of developers and people who understand a lot about the internet that may even like Jack Dorsey built something very big on the internet or what we have known as the internet for the early 2000s to obviously really up until now. But there is an attack on centralization of protocol. There is attack on um, traditional social media. There's a reason Elon Musk is already like, I'll pay content providers. Well, yeah, because there's this thing called Noster and Damus and applications on the internet that are trying to give content creators the ability to just make all the money right away, just buy your hardware and buy your internet connection and you should be good to go. Uh, the next thing I guess that I want to talk about, I guess, cap it off here, Nick, honestly, like in the news department from what I saw or know anything about, um, is the Burling Bank and FDIC insured bank in the United States is essentially figuring out how they're actually going to be able to offer Bitcoin rewards on debit card and credit card transactions, um, as well as being able to borrow and Bitcoin buying and custody and all kinds of things. And I think that's really interesting because uh, traditional banks are going to have to get in on the whole Bitcoin thing um, and their institutions that people trust. Uh, and I think that it might be the way that gets maybe some of the older generation in there. The only thing I say is the whole point of Bitcoin is that there are no trusted third parties. All you need is 12 words. All you need is a cold card. But don't get me wrong. I, I, I own a lot of my personal wealth or a lot of my value is stored in Bitcoin. Yes, 12 words is, it is so different. It is so proof of work. It is so insanely out there for what other people are doing um, that, of course, it's uncomfortable for me. And I could see where banks might be able to intercept a lot of Bitcoin. I could see where they could intercept a lot of Bitcoin custody. I could see how another conversation we could have is that Lightning Bitcoin is not Bitcoin. And as Lightning solutions like MicroStrategy and banks are going to offer, because that custody is That's cheaper and faster, it also gives the ability to, you know, essentially create central banking on Bitcoin. Um, and that's up to, hey, that's up to to you the only difference is that it will be central banking that you can legitimately self-custody and verify on your own so i'd say good luck to those who try to build the same format on lightning i personally don't think it will work but you know if you look at the history of central banks just in the united states 
from the inception, we 1775, 1791, the first national bank of the United States was created, literally right out of the gate. They have a 20 year charter. It's a huge thing. Thomas Jefferson doesn't want it. Andrew Jackson doesn't want it. But James Madison wants it. Like it just depended on what forefather you talked to, whether they thought central banking or a national currency was what they needed or not. A lot of deliberation. Second National Bank happens. Andrew Jackson cancels the National Bank. And now we have a national currency as a result of the Civil War. What was really going on during the free banking period? What happened to the gold rush? Where has all the capital flown into? When was the last time banks were challenged like Bitcoin, truly? It might have been the gold rush. It might have been early America. Uh, but banking has always found a way, all the way back to the Roman Catholic Church. Banking has, it's called usury. Look it up. Banking has always found a way in to monetary networks it's always found its niche because people are greedy and they have a greedy time preference mm. and a lot of the objects that you see today the nice things to buy the car the house the real estate next to the ocean the real estate in a state that is a little warmer than it is cold um, pretty much everybody's selling their soul for it and they banks know that you will and they know that they can make a profit on it so I mean, yeah. that's I think this one is an interesting topic with the banks because, you know, I was just kind of, I was just kind of talking back and forth with a guy about the transition out of the fiat world and into a Bitcoin world. I think that's going to be a really interesting transition. And I think that, you know, I think I don't know what the timeline, how long that process really takes. I haven't really thought about that that much. Uh, but I think that we will on the early side of things, we'll see examples like this where fiat banks are going to open up to start utilizing uh, crypto, all-encompassing uh, term. They're going to use crypto, which will include Bitcoin, which will always include Bitcoin. They're going to it open up to those types of services, which is funny because Bitcoin Bitcoin is about removing the trusted third party where, where we actually don't necessarily need a bank uh, in, in the way that we do today, in the way that we use it today. And I think it's funny because it's it really is a mindset. It's a pro. It's an approach to finances. It's an approach to economics. It's an approach to life um, that uh, that is based upon this foundation. And just so happens that that foundation, this fiat foundation, is cracked and falling apart. Um, and this new foundation we're moving to is a solid foundation. Well, we can't move that same structure that's built on this broken foundation over to this new foundation. Call it good. The new foundation, it, it, uh, it serves as, as a new push-off point, right, as a stepping block. You know, is Bitcoin going to be the money that we use forever and ever and ever and ever and ever now from this point on? Probably not. I mean, I, I mean, they're like... I think it will be. I mean, it could be, but look, at the same time, this is human creation. As far as we know, this is human creation. And if it's human creation, then we can always do something better. You know, there could... This is kind of like this is kind of my thought on this as well, uh, and I'm really kind of rambling at this point. This will be my last thought for you here, guys. For Satoshi Saturdays, is that the wheel is the wheel, right? Do we still utilize the wheel today? The technology that is the wheel, yes, of course. But we started using, you know, wooden wagon wheels, and now we've got wheels that are made from all different kinds of of materials that make it more efficient. And I think that, but but the difference is here though is that. Uh, those are both wheels. They're both wheels. I think that Bitcoin product. is is the is the foundation of all of this, and I think that Bitcoin's 
core principles and um, and its core protocol. It's very core. The core of digital scarcity will be used into into perpetuity. But I think that it, it is possible that things could change, right? And I think that it would be naive of us to say that it will never change. I disagree with everything Nick just said, <laughs> uh, but I love his thoughts. Um, I don't agree with any of it because I don't think like money is not a product. Money is like a paradigm. Money is an imaginary concept that it's the highest form of energy people can achieve. I, I love that Michael Saylor says that because it is true. If there is no money, then there is no society. So money is bigger than the wheel. Money is bigger than agriculture. Money is bigger than anything. And we have never had a money at a base layer level, like take a gold, for example. We now have gold where not only is the gold perfectly divisible to the tiniest amount, not only that, it has a fixed issuance rate and there's only a finite amount of it. On top of that, the gold has a network that is securing it. So the people who are mining the gold, they magically get fucking superpowers as they're mining it to then defend the network of gold, which is essentially what Bitcoin is. It has these people mining it, but they're also giving Bitcoin this superpower of security. This, you can't, like there is nothing you can do to hack this network. And why is that so important? Well, if you can protect value transfer without a trusted third party into perpetuity forever, and it's perfectly divisible, you essentially have a non-manipulatable gold. You can manipulate anything in fiat price. You can manipulate anything in an exchange rate. That has nothing to do, and it never will have anything to do with what Bitcoin is. That's the only way we can see things now. But Bitcoin is not a product. It effectively changes and is probably the biggest innovation uh, to humankind um, ever since we discovered what money is. Because while we would like to believe the Bible and we would like to believe that, you know, usury, right, is a sin because usury is a sin. Lending to money to others in expectation that you'll get an interest rate back is sinful. Uh, the Bible would say it is sinful. The Bible, Yes, it is. Look it up. The Bible would say that you should lend to others out of the goodness of your heart in belief that you guys will build something good. You should not lend with the intent of interest rate. Look at usury in the Bible. It is a thing. It's what started lending rates. It's what started interest rates. It's a fact. So the fact that that can't happen on Bitcoin because you can't actually create any more of it and it's secure changes everything. Money is a paradigm, not a product. Everybody looks at money as a product right now because that's what fiat is. And the real money is debt. They've got everybody so confused right now going, this is what money is. Money is gold. Money is assets. Money is this. Nope. Money is debt. The people who are actually understanding the world right now are running it because they're putting other people in debt. And they understand that there is really no way to get out of debt. There's a court system that would uphold the debt. There are institutions that will uphold debt. The banking system has no reserves in it, but you're insured up to $250,000 because the actual central bank that's been going on for the last 100 years will print any money that they need. And not only that, now they can just put it on a digital screen. So now you have the devil reincarnated, essentially printing money digitally and wherever it wants. The problem originally with banking in the United States was not that, uh, you know, there were different currencies. It, it wasn't really that um, there was no central bank and it wasn't that there was no like one national currency. The problem was the communication of the money. 
the Civil War, literally, I was talking to Nick about this. If you study banking, plantation owners, the Atlantic slave trade was all financed by European banks and JP Morgan. They literally were going under because the cotton industry was blowing up. And they were blowing up because they had a banking crisis over in Europe. So they needed to collect their debt. And Americans never pay their debt. So the South effectively had to go to war. If you look at it from Ray Dalio's perspective, any centralized institution will go to war against somebody to try to defend itself when it's at its end. And the South was just at its banking end. And most nation states are so closely tied to banking, that's all you actually have to track to track it's up and down. I I wish there was another form of society where it wasn't all based around banking and money, but it truly is. You can tell the history of everything through money. And so I say all this to say that there is no fucking JP Morgan on Bitcoin. There is no European bank. There is no parliament. There is no U.S. government. There is no uh, propagandizing and getting 90% of node validators, as there's over 100,000 of them already all over the world in different jurisdictions that care about completely different things at the same time as Africa is starting to put them up. God knows what Africans even care about now that they have this ability. <laughs> Fuck off with who, whoever is saying anything about Bitcoin. As long as it continues to work and nobody hacks it, and even then it still might be the greatest thing ever because that's probably not going to stop it. It might slow it down, but it looks unstoppable and it does effectively change everything. And where will that lead the world? You know, who really knows, but we can't stop it. I think it's better. We might fall on hard times. There might be lightning central banking. Uh, if you go back to the free banking, there was a ton of recessions because again, we could not communicate the money. People went and solving all the time. You couldn't trust anybody. We don't have to trust Bitcoin. Anyway, man, that's how, not, not that I don't agree with you. I don't think the, what we see Bitcoin as today is where we stop. Not at all. You're hundred percent right. I just think that what Bitcoin has already done is it's done. What's done is done. They created it. They could have killed it probably in the first 10 years. There is no fucking way it's going to be killed now. There's just no way because you know what? If it came down to it, I'd stop everything right now if I needed to, to go get Bitcoin miners and nodes and just go, all right, bro, I guess this is, I'm going to war. I will go peacefully. I don't, I don't want to shoot. I don't want to, I think that's a waste. War is the greatest waste of economic value ever. Anybody could tell you that because it is. I mean, you're wasting human capital. You're wasting actual money towards killing other people, which is not an economic endeavor. You're just defending something. Bitcoin eliminates the need for that, kind of as Jason Lowry says a little bit. That's kind of what he alludes to. And the thing about it is, in my opinion, all these smart people here talking about Bitcoin, they're all right in their own niche because it's going to affect that niche that way, most likely. I mean, these are smart people that are telling you, you know, I don't think this because I want it or not that Ethereum isn't cool or whatever isn't cool. It's because it's unstoppable. It's because it's durable. It's because it, it, it's already happened. I'm just telling you what I, how I think it's going to get adopted. I'm just telling you how I think this thing's going to just keep on rolling. And everybody who understands that kind of has their own thesis for what is that going to do to society? What if it just does all of it? And then Bitcoin is truly the biggest thing ever. And then obviously buying and hodling it. Uh, yeah, that's important because it's the first monetary network. It's the first nation state that doesn't debase its citizens, that doesn't have a say in economics. It's the separation of money and state. It's a very powerful thing. I don't know if it's like, is it the best form of money available? I don't know, man. One of these crypto projects probably had like a nice form of money that we probably could have used and been like, all right, everybody gets an equal amount. Here we go. 
time doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. Humans don't work that way. Uh, if you believe in a multiverse, that probably also does not work that way. You know, like, who knows? I don't care if you believe if we went to the moon or didn't go to the moon. Money is real. Economics tell the story of life. And Bitcoin exists. So either get out of the way or join on. Or get run over. Because a lot of people get run over. I mean, like, you think GameStop's short squeeze was bad. These Everybody who's trying to tie Bitcoin, wait till you're the one on the other end of Bitcoin going from 80000 to 550000 And you're like, oh, great. I mean, like, what are you going to do? So, I don't know, man. I'm fucking fired up, though, because this shit works. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the cool thing about Bitcoin. It just works. And you don't really even already. It's already so good. You don't even know how to know how it works. You just need to know how to scan something. Boop, yeah. Done. Griff, I think those are some great thoughts. Um, for those of you who are not watching, we do have video on Spotify and on YouTube. Come check us out. Go check out the Satoshi shop. Uh, link is down in the description for that as well. Everybody, this is Satoshi Saturday. We show up on Saturdays. We hang out. We chat about some of the major headlines, things that we might see on Twitter in the Bitcoin space. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.